Hey guys, quick little trigger warning for this episode. Uh, we talk about the show You on Netflix, and there's a lot of, uh, like, abusive relationship stuff in there. So, if you think, uh, that's, that might be a problem, uh, put yourself first. Take care of yourself. Um, we don't, like, get crazy about it or anything or, like, condone it at all, but we do talk about it because it's a big part of the show. So, we love you guys. We want you to be careful. There's also a uh, pretty big trigger warning in about the third or fourth episode at the very beginning. Um, there is a scene with a decaying corpse. It is incredibly graphic. Um, it is advised if something like that bothers you or scares you to skip ahead of that. Um, there is a trigger warning in effect for the following topics. Murder, stalking, abusive relationships, semi-gore, sexual assault, and the like. Yeah, so take care of yourself, guys. We love you. Bye. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Weird on Purpose podcast. Your your rulers are back. Your your slime king and queen arrived. have arrived. We're here. Um, we're here. We're queer. And I didn't think of anything else around with queer. <laughs> Erica, your slime king. And uh, Noelle, your virtuous slime queen. Your slime queen. Uh, we just got shirts from Danny Gonzalez's uh, slime video. And we're very excited about them, as you can tell. Very. Um, so much so that I'm doing a quick little makeup look in honor of it. Honor. I don't know if you're loud enough from over there. You might have to, like, speak more directly this oh, way. Oh, my bad. Sorry. I'm looking in my mirror. She's, oh. she's going to do her makeup while we, while we discuss I am. things. Um, I think... We're going to get into talking about the show You yes, on Netflix. Yes, because it was fucking crazy. If you have seen it and you would like to hear our take on it, continue listening. If you have not seen it and would like to see it, uh, spoiler warning. Just so you're aware. Probably a pretty hard spoiler warning. Because um, we're going to talk about the show pretty in depth. So we're going to talk about the, uh, the ending and a couple other big, huge moves. Oh, God! <laughs> um, and... Uh, if you have not seen it and you don't want to see it, keep listening because it's interesting. It's, it's an interesting show. show. Um, but first, I kind of want to talk about some some personal stuff. <gasps> yes. At least on my part, uh, I quit my job and got a new job, um, so I will no longer be working in the coffee industry. Um, instead, I'm be working at like a group home type situation using my actual degree that I have. In a paper form. And I'm very excited about it. Um, it's going to be a good time for me. Uh, Binks is playing fetch with Erica. And Binks is attacking me because she wants me to play fetch with her. Um, weirdest fucking cat on the planet. Anyway, I'm very excited that I got a new job. I'm like pretty ecstatic about it. Um, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Every, yeah. Everyone is. Yesterday was my last day at my, my, my coffee job. And it was very sad, because I get attached to people, so when I have to, like, leave people and situations that I'm comfortable in, I get very, like, scared and, and sad. So it was very sad to say bye, but I ended up going back there today to get stuff, so it's fine. It's not like I'm never going to see them again. It's just hard for me to, I don't know, come to terms with that, I guess. Excuse me. Uh, we both we we just had a very good dinner I that Noelle made. Good, m- good money, fuck. I made good din. It was very good, and I'm very full. Now we're recording this 
on Sunday night. She's doing her makeup. We're both very full. Full voice. So this is going to be an interesting recording sesh. Um, and I'm drinking wine, so that's also a thing that's happening. Erica doesn't have to work tomorrow. I don't have to work tomorrow. I have to go do some, some shit for my new job tomorrow, oh. but I don't have to work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's get, uh, let's just jump into it. Let's just jump into it. Yeah. Smash that fucking like button. Just jump into it Philip DeFranco style. Yeah, basically. Um. Anyway, yeah, we watched the show You the other night. Like, we finished. Insane. I think we watched nine episodes in one night. Yeah, we, like, convinced ourselves, like, oh, no, we're gonna go to bed. This is gonna be fine. We're, like, gonna go to sleep. And then we never did. And I rewatched six of those episodes because yeah. I was on episode nine and Noelle was on episode two. two. And I just, we watched from episode two and just finished the whole 10 episode season that night. It was like two o'clock in the morning by the time, no, three o'clock in the morning or something. It was pretty, it was pretty late. Yeah, it was. That's not the first time we've ever done that. We did that with Haunting of Hill House. Um, We do that with shows on Netflix a lot. We just binge watch all of it. Um, Especially if it's like a night where we don't work the next day. Uh, But yeah, it was a good show. It was very like, at least from like. How I felt about it. Mm-hmm. It was very realistic and mm-hmm. very uncomfortable because of that fact. But I dug it. I yeah. wasn't like in, I wasn't hardcore like, it's not my favorite show on the planet or it anything wasn't, like it that. It didn't evoke the same reaction as Haunting of Hill House did and us. Oh, big swine. But it's, um, it's still like a really good show. Um, I threw it, Banks. Go. Really it's stupid. over there. Go. Hey, Sorry, go. by the way, friends, if you hear that knocking, uh, periodically it is me tapping excess product off of my eyeshadow brushes. Stupid idiot cat. Um, but the point of the show, okay, so I guess we should just summarize it really quick. Yeah. The whole show is about this guy named, uh, Joe. Joe. And he falls in love with this girl named Beck. I wouldn't even say falls in love, honestly. Like, he becomes very quickly obsessed with this girl named Beck. He believes he's in love with her. Um, That's what he calls it. And the show just quickly escalates from... Very quickly escalates from him being, like, in the very first episode, from him being like, oh, yeah, I like this girl... Let me kind of, like, Facebook stalk her to, oh, let me real, real, really stalk her. Like, stand outside of um, her fucking house at, like... And, like, all hours of beat the, the shit night. out of her boyfriend. Um, it gets really dark really fast. He's a very interesting character. He's meant to be very conflicting. Like, and, you're meant to yeah. to like and dislike him in equal measure. Um, and, like, he's fucking crazy. He's insane. It's like you're meant to find yourself rooting for him when you really shouldn't be. Yeah. Because there's so many obstacles that are, like, put in his way. Um, like, a friend of hers who's in love with her, and then, like, her boyfriend in the beginning, um, which is kind of an obstacle, who's also a piece of shit. But, like, they... Yeah, Benji straight up sucks. And Peach is also really obsessive and kind of scary. Mm-hmm. So they set up this, like, maybe he's the lesser of all these evils, but really, he's not. He's fucking crazy. All of it's crazy. Beck, for some reason, is the subject of a lot of aggressive and 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 uh, obsessive relationships, for some reason. Um, sexually aggressive or just, like, aggressive. Like, one of her, her first... Um, professor? Professor. Her, like, she's a TA and, like, 
per- the first guy that she's like studying under to get her masters is like super like he wants to fuck her and when she doesn't want to fuck him he like basically is like well then you don't work for me anymore and i'm gonna take away your housing and everything mm-hmm. um until she kind of grew some balls that's another thing i didn't like beck at first at all like it's not like i was rooting for her to get hurt or anything like that i just didn't like her character i thought she was really kind of ditzy and um i don't know stupid i guess like i don't i don't know she was very like kind of a pushover and she didn't really like understand what was happening around her she didn't know who she wanted to be she didn't know what she wanted to do she was kind of just like moving through life in like a haze which i understand to some extent but i didn't like her at first and then like she gets much better like through the season for sure um but yeah it's i don't know it's okay you're supposed to be conflicted about him and then there's of course like he is. He's, like, absolutely obsessed with her. It's, like, very, very off-putting. Yeah. And, um, there's, like, Peach, who is her best friend. Yeah. And Peach is... I liked her at first, and then she, like, gradually got, like, worse and worse as a character, and I was like, mm, okay, maybe I'm not a huge fan of you. And then there was, like, the whole, like, she is straight-up obsessed, like, with Beck. Like, she... Yeah. And her family is very rich and, like, very prominent. Peach Salinger. Yeah. She is, she is like, a relation to J.D. Salinger. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's very rich. She's very well-spoken. She's very, I guess, intelligent. Um, she's very... She's the, like, epitome of... New New York rich socialite, twenty something year old. Yeah, that does like, whatever the fuck she wants. It's hard because like she really doesn't like Joe at first, and it's like that's why I liked her so much. But then you realize it's not for the right reason. Yeah, it's not that she doesn't like Joe because she's like concerned about Beck necessarily. It's because she's like sees him as competition. Yeah, and that's that's the- what I said the other night when I like realized why I didn't like Peach. I was like, that's what it is. Like, her whole thing with Joe is not, oh, he's a creep, I need to protect Beck because this guy is, like, a weirdo. It's, oh, he's direct competition to me, yeah. and he wants to take Beck away from me. Yeah. it's It doesn't come from a place of, like... She's vindictive. Yeah. She's hateful. She's obsessive. I You see more of it the more Joe sees of it. Yeah. Because the whole show is really, like, mainly from Joe's point of view. You get some scenes where it's just Beck, like, mm-hmm. by herself. But a lot of it, even if it's not, like, even if it does feel like it's from Beck's point of view, it's because Joe is, like, stalking her. He's in the room. He's on the street with her. He's, yeah. like, he's watching her. So everything really comes from him. Yeah. Um, except for, like, very few scenes. And so it, it's really weird. It, it, it's, it's hard to get a clear picture of yeah. anything. And it, like, starts out with, like, him, like deciding like he has to get benji like out of the whole thing yeah so that's the first step in his like like progression like progression for sure i mean even before he took benji out like he was fucking insane like stalking her yeah like it was pretty gnarly um but benji was his first like step of oh this is what i'm willing to do and he does again spoiler he ends up killing Benji. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's weird because he keeps saying, he's like, you know, I'm not a killer, Beck. Like, I'm not a killer. And like, because in the whole narration, he's talking directly to Beck. Yeah. Like, that's a huge thing. 
And, um, there's a scene where Benji even says, like, you, man, you're not a killer, I can tell. And he's, like, thinks to, my, thinks to himself, he's like, yeah, you're right, I'm not, because this whole thing would be a lot easier if I was. Yeah. Um, and, like, so the way he kills Benji, because I really thought, I was like, oh, he's gonna bludgeon this guy to death. Like, he, Benji, like, he's this, like, really shitty, like, his dad's, like, a broker i think yeah he's really rich and he decided that i'm gonna start my homegrown soda company and it's all garbage yeah and he like um he's really like kind of fake woke from what joe was looking at on his profile and like he's really shitty to back and like he's very much like the kind of he's like that archetype like textbook kind of like what baby boomers think all millennials are like kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and like, so there's a point where Joe brings him a bagel and he's like, oh, it's a everything bagel, extra schmear. And while he's trapped, oh, and that's the thing is he keeps Benji trapped. He works as a bookstore clerk. Yes. He keeps this like underground layer beneath the bookstore and there's this temperature controlled room for the like first editions and rares. Because they have to be kept at a certain temperature. And he yeah. keeps Benji in there. Like, he locks him it in there. It becomes a, a a very big motif throughout the entire yeah. show of 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 many things. At one point, it's a recovery room. At, at yeah. the other points, it's a prison. At um, uh, You find out some shit about his past later on in the show where, like, the guy that owns the bookstore took Joe in when he was, like, a teenager and would parents, lock him in yeah. there. Um, if he did literally anything, if he did anything wrong under this pretense of like you need to learn and like you need to understand who I am to you and all this other garbage. So the the room to Joe is a lot of things. It's yeah. it's his his safe place in a lot of ways. It was his prison when he was younger. It was it, it's where he it's where the books live and that's like his his, his he loves head. books. Um if there's anything in the world that he does truly love it's books. And it's a lot to him, and at one point it becomes a, like, rehab place for um, a neighbor of his mother. Like, she was detoxing, and they leave her in there to kind of be away from her son and just kind of, like, get better because it's soundproof. Um, it's completely soundproof down there. The thing is soundproof. Um, it's, I don't know, it's crazy what that thing becomes. It's a prison. It's a safe haven. He wants everybody to think of it as... A safe haven. Mm-hmm. He does it at the end of the show. But um, I was going to say about, like, him not being a killer. He's not. He's a fucking coward is what he is. Yeah. Like, I don't think of him as a murderer. I mean, he legally murders people. But in his head and, like, as himself, as a person, he's a fucking coward. Yeah. Like, none of it happens, like, really none of it happens directly. Like, Benji specifically, like, he doesn't bludgeon him to death no he's straight up he basically poisons benji because what it, what it is is that benji is like oh i'm he's like i can't have that it has gluten and he's like it's and joe just gives him this look he's like it's a real allergy and he's like such a shitty piece of shit but and he's allergic to peanuts he says but that's the thing because joe didn't know he basically was like it's a 50 50 chance and he says that in the monologue as benji is dying yeah he could be lying he could be lying and so he takes the shot and he fills his he gives him a latte and he fills it full of like he comes off he's like yeah no it's all vegan it's like blah 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 vegan 
And he's like, oh yeah, and there's a bunch of fucking peanut oil in it. And all kinds of other nut-related products. And Benji straight up dies of an allergic reaction. Yes, Benji dies of an allergic reaction. Um, and like... Even like... I don't know. I think personally, like, his whole I'm not a killer thing is kind of bullshit. Like... He knows full well what he's doing. Like, he... well, there's like the the definitive yes, he's a he's a killer because he does kill people. Yeah, but none of it's in a direct way. So like, he poisons Benji, and then even after Benji's dead, he can't bust he, his that, body. Up. That is like, true. He can't. Like, he physically threw up. Like from seeing because they show Benji's corpse. And yes, it's fucking gnarly. It's gnarly. Yeah. Um. He can't even do that. Like, he's he's a fucking bitch when it comes to that. He, like, can't even be near it. And then, like, when it comes to, um, when he kills Peach, they never actually show how Peach is being posed as dying. Like, I, I don't know if, um, there's a gun involved and they're fighting over a gun. She shoots him in the leg and then they end up kind of, like, wrestling and then the camera pans up and you hear a gunshot. But that could mean he shot her and he posed it like she shot herself or it could mean the gun went off at a completely different angle. It went away from them. It gave him a chance to like knock her out. And then he posed her as like overdosing or something, which was a big thing with her. She over, she pretended to overdose at one point. Yeah. She's incredibly shitty and very manipulative. She pretended to overdose at one point, or maybe he just, it's never shown what he does to her to make Mm -hmm. it seem like a suicide. He types out a suicide note and comes off pretty, pretty much what would, what Peach would say, um, in that situation. So none of it's very direct. And I'm realizing that now, like a lot of his aggression, and that's a cool, that's a thing that like is very accurate. A lot of the aggression is not straight up like oh beating people over the head with like yeah because even in the, the first episode because he does he hits Benji over the head yes. and puts him in the like book chamber yes and he even says to himself in the second episode as it starts he's like I have to be honest I didn't really know what I was doing when I hit him over the head and I didn't know where to go from there yeah and when he hit Peach over the head in the park she survived that it's yeah, not and till he, later like, that ran because he realized he's like oh my god because he thought he killed her yeah and he's like oh my god i just killed this girl and he ran like a little bitch yeah he's all of his aggression is very secondary it's very strange to like look at it that way Mm -hmm. um because it is aggressive for sure he's very crazy and aggressive and and horrible but it's kind of cool that they did it that way Mm -hmm. because it's like you need to be able to recognize not just overt aggression, uh-huh. but also, like, hidden aggression. His hidden ability to be incredibly aggressive and horrible. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh my god, that's what Ron is. Ron is a foil to him. Yeah. Ron is, like, a a abusive um, alcoholic who is a parole officer um, who is the boyfriend of his neighbor... And his neighbor Paco specifically, like, he sees himself in Paco, and yes. he Paco is the only person in the entire show that I think he actually genuinely loves. Yes, and I mean that seriously. I think like, he cares about Paco. A lot. I think he, he he like he would never lay a finger on Paco. It's not an obsessive, controlling kind of love like no. what I think he experiences with Beck. He has a inherent need to protect him, 
and he loves him so much he literally kills for him because yep. at the end of the season he does kill Ron, which Ron absolutely deserves because he's an yes. absolute piece of garbage. But you're completely right there. Like, continue your... Ron thing. is a foil to Joe because the whole show you hear Ron hitting and, I mean, towards the end, like, he actually puts Claudia... In the hospital. In the hospital and she refuses to press charges because he's threatened her. Um, he's very overtly, verbally aggressive and horrible and uh, abusive. And the thing about Ron that is so frustrating is he is like, because like I said, I initially thought Peach saw through Joe. No, he's the only person who genuinely sees Joe for what he is. Yep. A fucking absolute murderous creep. Like Because Ron, again, is a parole officer. Yeah, He's but... seen people like Joe. But it's funny to contrast their two forms of aggression. Ron is very, like, yeah, you, you could see him beating the shit out of somebody. Like, he's a, yeah. a and he does beat the shit out of Joe at one point, like, mm-hmm. bad. Uh, but Joe doesn't do that. He he poisons. He, he like, uh, kind of pretends to poison. Like, he gets these, like, back road ones, back road ways to kill people, which has, in the past and even now, is seen as very feminine ways of killing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, poison specifically is a woman's, like way of killing her husband in most movies and stuff like that. Like, it's seen as, like, a very, like, underhandedly, like, feminine way to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I really think he made Peach look like an overdose. I think that's what happened. Yeah. Because that would just be so in line with, like, everything that everyone knows about her. Um, it would make a lot of sense. It would make a lot yeah. of sense if he's trying to fake it so that people believe him. So I think that he's, like... He's very feminine in a lot of his aggressions until it becomes face-to-face. Yeah. And then he, like, Ron he seems, shows his teeth, Ron I is guess. the only person you ever actually physically see him kill, I believe. No, 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 because you see him kill the record executive in that flashback. Yes. Like, um, Ron in present day is the only person. But I will say that Ron is the only person you ever see him, like, kill, like, actually yeah. calculated. Yes, because, like, um... Well, even with the record executive guy, he pushes him off a building yeah. and it looks like a suicide. So what that is, is that he, that, so before Beck, there was Candace. Yes. And Candace was like. And you don't know what happens to Candace until like the end of the show, like the last episode. Um, or like the second to last episode is when you kind of like think that he kind of, he can, Beck is like kind of stalking him. Like she kind of turns it around yeah. and tries to figure out what happened to Candace. Um. Candace is a whole different box, but supposedly that's the first issue he ever had. Candace cheated on him um, with this record executive guy. She was in a band. And then he found out about it because he followed her um, because it had been on her phone. And he was, he was getting to that point where he was very, like, scary, mm-hmm. like... And she was aware of it. Like she, Candace was like, nah, fuck off, dude. Like you're, you're being very aggressive and obsessive with me and like, stop it. Um, and so he found out she was cheating on him. So he like killed the record executive, like pushed him off a building. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's a lot of confusion about whether he killed Candace or not. Like, Uh yeah, it's very, uh, cause what the story is, is that she like ran off to Rome, right? She ran off to Rome to be with some guy and, like, she completely ghosted all of her friends. And this is this was a big point for me that I just kind of realized a couple of days ago. So, apparently, the only person she ever really, truly, like, 
gave her all four was her brother. Her twin. Her twin brother. And she put her twin brother in a mental institution because he was very disturbed. Um, You know barely anything about him, but the only thing you really ever get to know is that Beck looks for him. And she, they won't give him the information. They won't give her the information. She's like, oh, I'm, I'm his sister. I'm his family. I'm his sister, Candace Stone. And they get back on the line and they're like, uh, Miss Stone, we've been trying to contact you. I'm very sorry to tell you this, but your brother passed away six months ago. Yeah. And I was like, if Candace is alive, there's no way that she would not have checked in on her brother. So that was something that was like very weird for me. Well, so as the season progresses, there is a point where... Of course, Beck like kind of does the thing and reverses it on him, kind of stalks. Yeah, him. it's the same episode where he try where she when she tries to find hit her brother. Yeah, and so Joe shows her pictures of Candace in Italy, but Joe. So. Yeah, if you want to. It was like oh, like he killed her because she confronted him about it and was like, "What the fuck happened to Candace?" And he was like, "Oh, you think I'm capable?" And like he he did the thing that most like most like. Uh, abusive boyfriends do where they turn it around like how could you think I would do that and how could you like think that about me and like all this other shit and then he like pulls out his phone and is like she changed her name when she went across the across across over the seas um she changed her name and she like completely like did everything or whatever that's what he tells Beck yeah um and shows her like this Instagram with Candace and her and a different name and all these pictures of her in like Rome and wherever the fuck she is. So, like, it convinces Beck very quickly that, oh, okay. Like, that makes sense. So, she's just gone. But she changed her name, so she's not dead. And then there's, like, a box. Yeah, so when Joe kills Benji, he takes his teeth. That's the big thing. He takes his teeth and I think he burns his body. He burns his yes. body in a bonfire. Yeah, in the, in the woods. And he takes his teeth so he can't be identified. And then he takes his phone. Because with what Joe does when he kills someone. Yeah, kills people or it just abducts them and like locks them in the cages. He takes, their so- takes over their social media to make it seem like... With Benji, it was to make him seem like he just went on a bender. Yeah, and just, and just like kind of disappeared into the wild kind of thing. Yeah. So he takes people's stuff. And he will make a whole social media presence for them um, to get away with his shit. Yeah. Um, And so he took Benji's phone, of course. And when he killed Benji, um, he kept it in this box. And he took a first edition of Ozma of Oz from Peach. Yes. And he kept that. And nope, he gives it to Paco to read. Oh, that's right. What did he take from Peach that he kept? Did he... Because I don't think he kept her phone. No. Because that would have been... That would be really innocuous. And that, yeah, that would have been glaringly um, obvious, like... What did he take from Peach? Did he take anything from Peach? He had something. I think he took back the copy of Ozma of Oz then. Because I remember him keeping that in the box. Like, I remember him pulling that out of the box. No, there wasn't a book in the box. There was... There was something then. But regardless... Um, he keeps something from Peach, and then he, he also has Benji's watch, and, um, he has, like, a, cause he would, he broke into Beck's house, broke Pretty into, much right when he started yeah, obsessing like, over her. Yeah, broke into, if you can call it that. He basically, like, lied to a maintenance worker and said that Beck was his girlfriend. She was not. 
um, and went into her house while the door was open and, like, walked around and took pairs of her underwear because he's fucking a creep. He also had Beck's old cell phone he had in Beck's the box. Old, he had Beck's old cell phone because he had saved her because she got really drunk one night and she tried to do a poetry reading and people, like, basically booed her off the stage. So she went to the subway station and she was trying to talk to Benji because Benji never showed up and she was really hurt by it. And she fell into the subway tracks and Joe saved her life. Um, but he took her phone while, while she, she wasn't was looking. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like, he has a bunch of like keepsakes basically of his various crimes. Yeah. And he figures out that Beck found it because Beck tried to put it back up in the ceiling tiles where she found it. She started panicking. Yeah. Um, and when she, she found the teeth specifically. So she dropped the jar, the glass jar that had Benji's teeth in it, and it shattered. And so that was right when Joe got home, and she was in the bathroom, and she was trying to, like, pick it all up, and she cut her finger on the glass. And so she was tr- she was panicking because she was bleeding, and she was scared because she realized what all of this meant. And so she was trying to, like, put all of it away very quickly, and so she left glass on the floor. And ultimately left teeth on the floor and left teeth on the floor and then when she tried to put the box back up she didn't put the ceiling tile Mm -hmm. back all the way and so when she went out of the bathroom um joe went in to get her band-aid yeah she'd wrapped her finger in toilet paper and he noticed that she was bleeding and so he was like let me go get you a band-aid so she so he went into the bathroom he saw glass on the floor and he saw the ceiling tile and he figured out that she found the box and um she tried to get out of the apartment before he could get out of the bathroom, but he caught her right before, like, she yeah. was able to get out. And I think it's it's good to be kind of rewind. At this point, Beck and Joe are full-on dating. Yes. Like, he has, he killed Peach, he killed Benji, he befriended Annika and the other one, whose name I can't remember. Um, like, he, he has warmed his way into her life. And he has convinced her that, like... They went through a weird thing yeah. Actually, they dated um for a bit and then they broke up back after Peach died. Um they did like he was that he was there for her. That's another weird thing about Joe. He comes off as a very good boyfriend. Yeah. Like when he's not like behind the scenes he's not. Behind the scenes he's fucking crazy and obsessive and stalker, but like when he's with her, like, he treats her very well yes. to her face. Once like, he has, like, his pride, basically, he's yeah. a very, good, like, good dude, quote-unquote. As much quote as unquote. I can say that, like, yeah. Um, but after, like, Beck kind of realizes that, like, she needs a break. Like, she needs to kind of put herself back together. Um, and they, she also, oh, okay, I forgot. She starts seeing a therapist. John Stamos. John Stamos's character. Fuck, dude. Uh, Dr. Nikki becomes very important at the end of the show. And then Joe, being as obsessive and shitty as he is, was like, oh, this is another obstacle. And he starts thinking that Beck was cheating on him yeah, with his with her therapist. So he goes to follow her one day um, when she's going to meet up with the fox. Because there was a little fox emoji texting her. Um, and he played it off at... She played it off originally as like, oh, my friend from Brown. Um, so he follows her. She knows that he's following her. She finds, like, she confronts him and she ends it. She's like, we're done. Not yeah. doing it anymore. And she's like, if we don't have trust, we don't have we anything. We don't have anything. And Joe gives up, surprisingly. He's and like, 
What okay. I th- what I think finally makes him give up is he sneaks into Doctor Nikki's office. It makes it like think that he's gonna kill him, but he sneaks into Doctor Nikki's office and listens to to a recording of a session between him and and Beck. And Beck basically says, "I know things are going good, but the more he wants me, the less I want him." And as terrible as it is to say that, the more he pushes, the more space I need. Yeah. And that's when he kind of decides, okay. I guess I'll have to do that. And I think it's because at that point, I do think he genuinely loves her. Yes. Um, so she, it gets a little bit more rational for him. She was like, and she also was just like, I need time to figure myself out. Like, yeah. she's having a really rough time with her friend's death and um, with her career and everything like that. And so she felt like she was stagnating with him and mm-hmm. just kind of like not growing at all and like I get that Mm -hmm. so it's very understandable and I think even Joe it kind of broke through his whole like I'm in love with you block and was like oh I'm actually hurting her yeah um because as much as the stuff he does is crazy he always does it with the idea that he's helping her yeah because he thinks because Peach Benji is a huge um what's the word he has is a huge like, he's a toxic waste of space in Beck's life. Yeah. And I, I, I don't say that with the, like... Benji is, like... It doesn't justify what Joe no, did. No, exactly. It does not justify Benji dying. But he's a piece Benji of shit. Benji did not deserve to die. Benji just sucks. He just yeah, he sucks. Does. He's bad. He's just a bad person and a bad man. Like, he, he's very, like, fake woke, but he emulates toxic masculinity in regards to women. He treats Beck women. like shit. He treats Beck like shit. He, he fat shames her at one point. Yeah. And, like, she's not even kind of unattractive or overweight. No. Um, but he definitely negs her. He, yeah, it's very sure. And it's very shitty because it's, like, Joe um, discovers that, like, it's very obvious that he does not care about Beck. But it's very, like, he has to have every kind of plaything that he can. Um, so Benji's this huge vat of toxic Oof. waste yeah, in her life terrible. who is absolutely hindering her. And he gets rid of Benji. And then Peach directly sabotages her at every step of the way. Tries to basically, like, keep her away from Joe, which honestly isn't the worst thing, but the intentions behind it are what makes it suck. And she sabotages her career directly. Like, she doesn't want Beck to succeed She wants her to drop out of college and drop out of her... And go to Paris with her. Yeah, she tries to make the move to Paris and then gets incredibly upset and like screams and Beck at Beck says no. and Beck yeah. says no um and like she Beck finally kind of tells her she just like it's exhausting being your friend and just goes off on her and it was when she discovered that um Peach was trying to sabotage her career and she goes off on her and then Peach tries quote unquote tries to kill herself because she absolutely did not and Joe was like, because she has problems with her weight. She's always yeah. log, logging everything she eats. She logs everything she eats. I'm going to let you get rid of your hiccups before you kill somebody or yourself. Just going to drink if you want to explain the whole logging <laughs> thing. She logs all everything she eats, every medication she takes. And so after this big blowout that they have, which is basically Peach hooks back up with a uh, an, uh, an um, agent. Yes. And he... Ends up being just, like, a drug addict who wants to fuck Beck in the back of a limo. Doesn't even read her stuff. Thinks that she's garbage. Didn't want anything really to do with her. Like, and got Beck's hopes up. Mm -hmm. And then crushed her 
horribly and they're standing on the street corner fighting and peach is like i don't have to like your self-absorbed poetry to be kind to you yeah and beck was like okay well fuck you like she was just done with it and she walked away from peach and then peach calls her later after beck has made up with joe because beck had gotten mad at joe for joe being like hey peach is trying to sabotage you um and so peach calls dang it I lost my phone. Continue. Uh, Peach calls uh, her and in this like very like fake um, overdosed voice is like, I'm so sorry and I'm a piece of shit and like all this other garbage. Like she tries very hard to manipulate Beck and it works. Mm -hmm. Like Beck rushes to her side and is like, oh no, this isn't the first time Peach has tried to kill herself. And like, she makes her throw up and all this other shit that like you should do if someone's actually taken too many pills. Mm -hmm. But Joe finds her log. It's just like sitting out there and it's, it's not even what she had recorded as her taking wasn't even enough to like give you a buzz like at all. Like it was not nearly enough to kill somebody for sure. It was enough to like kind of make her drowsy and like make her whole suicide voice sound a little bit more convincing. she was faking most of that she was absolutely but... faking most of and it. then she was just like you can't prove that i wrote it all down yeah. you can't prove that all of that's what i took like and joe's just like what the fuck like yeah. he he was like uh you need to go to the hospital and she's like no like it's fine like they're They'll gonna commit me they're gonna commit go. me for 72 hours and joe's like maybe that's a good thing yeah and beck is just blinded by this relationship she has with peach because Peach has been been manipulating her for years. Yeah. And, like, it seems very codependent, which is a big thing. And, like, Beck doesn't want to admit. I think that Peach is an incredibly terrible friend. Um, the whole show, Beck knew that she's the one that did the video. Like, there's a video that gets released. Of Annika. Of Annika, who... She's fat, she's chubby, and Peach fucking treats her like shit for it all the time. Yeah. And, but, but Annika has, like, taken charge of that, and she's, like, a very popular plus-size model on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and Peach, absolutely, there's nobody else it could have been, because Annika posted a picture, a throwback picture of Peach before Peach got her nose job. Yep. And Peach retaliated by posting a video of Annika, and she was, like verbatim almost she's like you know black guys are always coming up to me and like damn mom she's like where's the white guys who like a girl uh, like uh, like a girl with a fat booty and it's like casual racism yeah and even joe is just like bad "Mm." because she kept saying she keeps saying i made a slip up and joe just goes casual racism yeah it's just like it's racism yeah um Um, it's not excusable it's not excusable but also like annika was incredibly drunk in the video and for someone to like I'm not saying that it was, like, right what she said. I'm not defending her actions. Of course, it's a fi- it's a fictional situation. Yeah. But for someone to take a video of her, uh, like, drunken rambling and post that, the only character in the entire show that you should, that you see who has the, like, vindictiveness, like, vindictiveness to do, that, to is do that is Peach. And I think that's the point of the whole part of that. Like, I think the whole point of it is to show you, yeah, Peach is actually pretty fucking terrible yeah. like she genuinely doesn't support her friends any of no. them beck like more specifically but any of them she doesn't like them she doesn't no. want them to succeed the only all. reason that like and like joe steals her laptop and annika when she's ha- when he's having this conversation with her 
she's like, Becca's her favorite puppy. It's Beccalicious this and Beccalicious that. And he is trying to break in his laptop and he's like, there's no fucking way. And he types Beccalicious and that's her password. And he finds so many pictures. Folders worth. Thousands it's of just, photos. There's, because Beck's full name is Guinevere Beck. Beck. Yeah. There's an entire folder just called GB. And it's just all just pictures. Pictures of Beck. Not naked pictures. Some of them are naked Some pictures. Some of them are naked. A bunch of them are with absolutely taken without her permission. Where she's asleep. Where she's drunk. Where she's passed out. Where she's in the, like, getting in the shower. Where she's undressing. Like, yeah. stuff that, like, Peach took without her permission. 100%. Peach, and Peach is absolutely 100% obsessed with her. Yeah. And, but, like, I think the reason that she becomes so obsessive is that I think that I, I think it was Joe who came, who kind of proposed the idea and was like, she's probably absolutely, like, in love with her. She's probably gay, or at least bisexual. And her family and her will family never accept would it. And her family accept that, and she has to repress all these feelings. So it's coming out as this obsession over Beck. Yeah. Because it's like, she won't admit it to herself either. Yeah. Um, Bad. Yeah, which, like, it's just fucking crazy crazy like and it's so it joe is so tone deaf because he's like looks like you have a stalker and i'm like hmm, hmm is that so Joseph? that's joe's whole character though he's because he's yeah. so blind to what he's doing because he genuinely to his core believes that he's doing the right thing for beck mm-hmm. that he's doing and i mean what he does is wrong, but he always does it with the intent to help her. Yeah. Until the end. And then it's like he's trying to scramble to kind of cover it up. But, oh, I was going over, the, like, the timeline of things happening. Yeah. So, like, after Peach dies, um, Beck and him break up because she just can't do it anymore. And he actually leaves her alone. He gets with another lady, um, Karen Minty. I love her. I would die for Karen. She's, like, one of the best characters in the show. You only she's, get her for, like, two episodes. Yeah. She's the f- the friend of his neighbor, Claudia, and they're actually really good together. Um, he's not in love with her, so he's not crazy obsessed with her, so mm-hmm. he just kind of lets her do her own thing. They work pretty well together. She loves him. I genuinely think she falls in love with him. And, uh, that goes on for three months, over three months, where, like, they're not apart they're like they're not together at all like they don't see each other whatever and then he happens across beck beck wrote a book or she's getting a book deal she wrote an essay about peach's death um called what to wear to your best friend's funeral and she got very popular for that and then now she's writing a book because it went viral yeah she's supposedly like um doing great and then he's still kind of stalking her social media presence um but you find out she is stalking his and like she gets kind of weird about the whole thing. Like she starts kind of walking around on his street. And it's it's really shitty yeah, because it's... like it's very much a I really truly believe the way it is with Beck is that like oh he does and it's exactly how she was with Benji. Benji. Yep. Oh, he doesn't want me that bad. So So I, I have to him. have him. Yeah. I want him now. And she's willing to fuck and she not even willing. She does fuck up his and Karen's relationship. She can, she gets Joe to cheat on Karen with her. And then she like gets so far into his head. And this is not to say that like in this situation, she's not a victim. I have to say that out loud. No, she's not in the situation with that love triangle between her, Karen and 
Joe. She's not a victim. I honestly think if she had left it alone and not run into him on his street and not done that, the actual event, nothing else, nothing the nothing rest of the show would, would never happen. have happened. No, so she he um, would have let go. Yeah. I honestly think he he's fucking crazy, but he would have let go of yeah. her. Yeah, and he was ready to completely let go of her. And it sucks because even if he had let go of her, there's no guarantee he he wouldn't have become fixated on another girl. That's true. Um, because that's the kind of person he was. Um, and in no way did Beck cause her own situation at no, all. I'm not saying that. that's not at all what we're saying. But. He, but in the situation of Karen and this whole thing, Beck is a gigantic piece of shit. Yeah. She's a huge piece of shit. Because she is very, and, and, and that's to say, like, it sucks, but she's a very, like, I think that she's a very insecure person, and that's why she's, like, she has a very warped, like, kind of mindset oh, about yeah. her. She's incredibly about, insecure. About it's, relationships Especially when her writing's not going well. She yeah. gets very insecure about um, who she is. But because Joe doesn't want her anymore, or she thinks he doesn't, she suddenly is like, no, I have to have this relationship. And the reason it's so shitty to me is because of the whole breakup. Because she broke up with him because he wanted her too much. Yeah. And it's like, if the, like, we'll get to the end of the season. But if the end of the season hadn't unfolded, I honestly think they would have fallen into a very vicious, very toxic cycle. Yeah. Realistically... Like, as if they were a realistic couple. And let's, like... If she had never found the box. If she had never found the box, exactly. Because if she had never found the box... He would have grown... I believe he would have grown back to the exact same way he was and would have been, like, trying his hardest and, like, really pushing and, like, kind of being too pushy Too much, her. yeah. And she would have been like, no, I don't want you anymore. And it just... Because he would take her back regardless of anything. He would keep doing it. And she would keep... Deciding, no, Doing now that you don't him. want me, I need you again. And he's not. And that's a not to say. All. But that's the, the other thing I was going to say. Joe's not a victim in that situation no. either. Neither one of them are. They're no. both terrible. They absolutely gaslight each other. Yeah. In it, Dr. Nikki's metaphor is the best. Beck decides she wants to be a mouse mm-hmm. in Joe and Karen's house, and she wants to be a nuisance. And uh, what does he say? He's like, what do they do to catch mice? They put them in a trap. Why did you break up with Joe originally? Because you felt trapped. Mm-hmm. What do you, like, what the fuck do you want? Like, yeah. even Dr. Nikki's like, hey, hey, Beck, bad. Like, you need to know that this is bad. You can't do this. Mm-hmm. And she fucking does it anyway. And she rides him on a, she fucking fucks him on a boat. She in the fucks him on a ferry in ocean. the middle of, like, yeah, in the middle of New York. Like, in the middle of a New York ocean place thing. It's... It's bonkers, and, like, that time specifically in their relationship where he wasn't, like, killing other people for her, and, like, where he felt very confident, like, there were no other obstacles to them. Yeah. That that part of their relationship specifically, she was fucking weird. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, it was a very strange flip for Beck, going from being like, hey, like, you're being too much, to I'm gonna ride you in broad daylight in public. Yeah. I was like, what the yeah. Because they literally had a conversation where he tried to go down on her in a fucking furniture store. And she was like, no, 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 no. And he was just like, yeah. I'm reading the room. Like, what do you want Yeah, and that's me? a big part of Beck that's, like, kind of confusing and, like, like conflicting for me. Is, like, she absolutely is a victim of Joe. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things he does that are incredibly wrong. And he fucks up a lot of things in her life for her betterment, in his opinion. Yeah. But she, like, there are points where it's, like, she kind of... I don't think she really knows what she wants from him. Absolutely not. And, like, she'll feed into things that he's doing, and then she gets furious at him. 
And it's not a matter of, like, it's, it's hard because it borders on victim blaming, I feel like, when you say it like that. But you're, it's like, if you watch the show, you understand. She eggs him on. And I think it's a good way to, to make it clear. It doesn't matter what she did. It doesn't matter how many mixed signals she sent. It doesn't matter how um, indecisive she was. None of it, even though it's shitty, like, none of it is an excuse for what he did. Yeah, no. Exactly. Like, and I think that's kind of what they're trying to do. Yes. It's like, she can be as shitty as she wants. She doesn't deserve no. anything that he she does She did not deserve, um, like, there were other ways he could have, there are other ways that anyone could have gotten Benji yeah. out of her life. Because Benji, like I said, Just he was, fucking sit he down and be parasite. like, hey, don't fucking fuck that guy anymore. Yeah. There were, like, it's just, like, Joe meddled in her life, and that's the problem there. Regardless of if it was, like, regardless of, yes, she blossomed afterwards, after Peach and Benji died, he meddled in her life. Yes. He took his, her life and her matters into his hands, and that is not fair to her. Yeah, and it just kept uh, reaffirming what he was doing for him. It was positive reinforcement mm -hmm. for everything he was doing, because he killed Benji, and all of a sudden she was a lot better. And then he got rid of Peach and she had a book deal. So yeah. he felt very affirmed and like, I'm doing the right thing for her. Yeah. Um, but she says it best at the end of the show. I don't need, she's like, I don't need a fucking hero. I don't need you to come in on your white horse and save me yeah. from my own life. Like she is very like, she, once she understands what happened, she's like, uh, yeah, maybe you did change stuff for the better because of what you did. But that's not your fucking decision. Because she even says like, but the thing is, is that it was, like, he was like, you don't understand how, how much worse your life was before you met me. And she goes off on but him. She's like, but it was my life. life. Yeah. And that's the problem there. I think that was when I was like, I, I, it hit me really hard. Yeah. Like, it really, that whole scene where they're, where she's kind of screaming at him and like having this kind of very, like, finally the culmination of her breakdown over everything. Yeah. Like was very emotional, I yeah. think, for me. Like, I was just like, fuck, that's what, a lot. What happens at the end of the series is that when Joe finds out that she knows and there's no way she doesn't, the problem with Joe is that even if he thinks he loves Beck, he will not let anyone stand in the way of him, of his freedom. Yeah. He will not... Like, he won't, he won't hesitate to, to kill someone or, or, like, contain someone if he thinks it jeopardizes him staying out of jail. Yeah. Because he's a coward. Because he's afraid, he's, he's very, absolutely yeah. afraid of jail. Yeah. Absolutely. He's afraid of the repercussions of what he's done. Um, so he ends up putting Beck in the book chamber. Yeah. And he's like, he comes out and he's like, you know, I, I... I killed Benji, and yeah. he, like, explains, he's like, I killed Benji, and he yeah. explains why he thinks that was the right choice, and then Beck straight up is like, did you kill Peach? And he doesn't even say yes. Yeah. He just goes off about how Peach was obsessed with her, yeah. and how she was such a bad, terrible friend. He decides, like, now's the time that I can tell her and explain it and make her see, like, mm -hmm. make her understand why I did what I did. Because he genuinely thinks, for some crazy-ass reason, mm -hmm. that if he can just convince her, that she can love him still. And that they can be together. 
Um, even though he had indeed found out that she was cheating on him yeah, with that's, her therapist. That's a big thing. And it, I think that they wrote that the way they did to be conflicting. Because yeah. I straight up was like, well, fuck Beck. Yeah. Because she definitely, like, she was gaslighting lied. him. Yeah. She lied straight to his face. Made, made him, him feel, feel like, like he was, was crazy. crazy. Which he thinking. is. Yeah. But in that situation, like. Who's the fucking fox? And she lied to him. Straight up lied that it was a friend from Brown. And then when he followed her because of that, she was like, we're done. Like. Yeah. She was lying for a long period of time. She was cheating on him with her therapist. And, like, again, that's another thing to say. It doesn't matter what she did. She didn't deserve I think where you need to look at it from, too, is, like, the reason that I got so fucking mad with that was because if you're looking at it from Beck's perspective, at that point in time... She didn't have any fucking nope. idea Joe was a, was a, was a nope. sociopath. Like, nope. She thought he was the best boyfriend in the world and that he was being very sweet to her and doing everything he could to help her through Peach's death. And, like, he was very good to her. Yeah. Like, he was. And that's why I think regardless of everything that happened, while I don't think that, the like, the series finale, like, what happened to her was necessarily deserved... And not by necessarily, I mean, it wasn't deserved at all. But in that situation, 100% Beck was the asshole. Yeah. She was an absolute asshole because she gaslit him, she lied to him, and she cheated on him. Yeah. And then made, even though, because in that sense, she didn't know that he was a, was a bad person. Nope. So. She was doing it to a guy that she thought was a good guy. Mm-hmm. And she did it anyway. Yeah. And it was shitty, 100% like shitty. And like, he finds out. That she did indeed cheat on him. And they have this conversation and he's like freaking out and just like losing it on her and crying. And she's just like, I've never loved anyone the way that I love you. And Mm -hmm. it scared me and like all this stuff. Um, And he was like, oh, she loves me so we can be okay. Like he was, he was like, put it under the rug. Like he didn't even care. Like he was just like, okay, she loves me. Like I get it. Like it's fine. Yeah. Um, And that was weird. I was like, what? (laughs) But, and that, that was, like, it. And they were fine, and they, like, they said I love you to each other. And I think that was the first time she'd ever said I love you. Yeah. Um, and he felt like they could be okay, and then she found the box. Yeah. Like, the next and day. And so, he told her, like, he put a, it was a very stark contrast between how he left Benji and how he left her in the, in the, in the book chamber, because he just left Benji there to rot, like, essentially, like literally and figuratively because he oh oh yeah so she finds the box and he knocks her out yes like he knocks her out and drags her her to the to the book to the book basement but with with benji he doesn't he just leaves it the way it is he feeds him through the box because there's a box that's there and it opens one way at a time because it's for safe money transactions quote unquote yeah um but that's that is what it was built for yeah. Like, that's the purpose for it, but that's 100% never what it's been used for. That's not what Mooney used it for. And that is, yeah. Not that's, what Joe's used it for. Yeah, but, yeah. like, so it's, it, that's what he says it's for. That's, that's not what it was ever used Yeah. That that's exactly that. what I was trying to say. Thank you. I couldn't put it into words. Um, that's why the thing exists in yeah, real life. Like, yeah. that's what people use it for. So he, um, he feeds Benji through that. He doesn't talk to him through that. He talks to him some other way, because I'm not sure if the, it's necessarily soundproof. 
The basement itself is soundproof. Yeah. I don't know if the chamber is. But no, there's holes in it. Yeah, so yeah. he, that's how, and he doesn't do anything. He gives him no comforts. He just has to sit on the floor, doesn't even give him a blanket. Well, while Beck is, like, essentially passed out because she's so exhausted from, like, Screaming and screaming crying and, and being crying. absolutely terrified. Um, he like sets it up like a little home. He's like gives tries her a to typewriter, make it, tries and to make some it cozy. Paper, gives her a basket, a bucket, candles, a bucket she can shit in. Like yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, and so she writes, and there is a point where she gets kind of smart, and she convinces him that she's written this whole thing. Cause at this point, that's another kind of thing. The Salinger family has hired a private investigator because they don't believe that Peach killed herself. Yeah. Um, so they have hired this private investigator who has absolutely zeroed in on Joe. There is a jar. So when when Joe, Peach took Beck out to this house. In Greenwich. In Greenwich to be alone and for Peach to recover after she'd gotten attacked in the park, which Joe attacked her, but she doesn't know that. Yeah. Um, and kind of goes out there to like, I think the the intent was to get Beck alone, away from Joe. It was to ask her to go to Paris with her, and it was to get her drugged up and uh, get her to cheat on Joe. Get her to cheat on Joe. Because there's another there's another player introduced, which named- is assault. Yeah. Um, there's another player introduced named Raj. You literally never see him again after that episode. He was a friend from college, I'm assuming, who yeah. would give them drugs and stuff, and he brought like ecstasy. He brought and- pure like. He calls it pure MDMA. Like, that's just... He brought them ecstasy, and um, they got really high, they were rolling, and then there's a scene where uh, Beck is, like, platonic cuddle puddle or platonic massages or whatever, and and Peach tries to, like, use that, and she kisses her, and then Beck's like, whoa, way too far. Like, even when she's, like, totally high, she's like, don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. And then... Be- uh, Peach and Raj end up fucking all night and Joe's underneath the bed and that's kind of actually kind of funny. It's hilarious. Whole, that's a pretty funny scene. Um, but while he's in that house, he's hiding from them and... Because he want, he doesn't want Beck alone with Peach. No. Because he's fucking crazy. Um, he was very concerned about it and so he pees in a jar. Because he's an idiot. Because he uh, at this point he had gotten to a car he was, accident. Yeah, he had a concussion. He had a concussion. He had already got... Oh, that was right after Ron had beat the shit out of him. So he's already off. Ron had beat the shit out of him, and then he got in the car accident and actually cut his head open. He fell asleep while he was trying to stitch himself open, stitch himself up, and had a needle poked right into his head when he woke up. And then he was having visions of Candace yes. because he was like actually like going in and out of consciousness. Um, he and so he had to pee really bad, and so he just pissed in a jar. And he's like, "I'll go back for that later." And then like the next day is when everything happens, and he ends up like killing Peach. Killing yeah. Peach. And setting it up like a suicide or whatever he ends up doing. And he forgets the jar in his hurry to get out of there. Um, so when they start looking into Peach's death, uh, the the private investigator, when he's talking to Joe, says there is an item that has been uncovered that is being tested for DNA right now. Joe is like, fuck, I forgot the jar. Um, so we don't know what's going to happen with that. That may be talked about later. Um, or it won't. Because of how the show ends, but, uh, so there's a private investigator that's been hired and, like, Joe is, like, trying to scramble, kind of. Like, he's starting to freak out because he's, like, they're gonna figure it out. Like, he has no way to get that jar back if the police have it, so he's kind of freaking out. And so, Beck, a couple times, gets very smart and ends up fucking it up. 
So the first time she was like, please let me use the restroom. This is like dehumanizing. Um, I just, please let me go to the bathroom. I promise I won't do anything. I'll come back. Um, and so he's, he like actually is like, okay, like I believe her. And so he goes to unlock the door, but she stupidly looks towards the stairs. Um, and he's like, nah, nah, I can't do this. He figures it out pretty fast. And he's like, I'm sorry. I can't trust you. And she's like, she starts crying and And screaming at him. She fucked up. She was, but it was very smart. She, there's a couple times in her captivity where she's genuinely very, like trying very hard to figure out a way out of it. Um, the second time is the one you were going to talk about. Yes. So she like, I don't really remember exactly, but she like writes this story because he leaves her in there to write. Yeah. Because that's her whole passion. And she like writes this story or what? I don't exactly remember. She wrote a story that was basically everything that had happened, um, but blaming it on Dr. Dr. Nikki. And like, yeah, I don't know exactly how like. Uh, it worked, like, eventually, but, like, I don't know exactly how she was gonna, like, they were gonna pin Peach's death on Dr. Nikki. Yeah. And then they were gonna, like, fuck off into the sun. <laughs> like, Basically, <laughs> that's what she was telling Telling Joe. him, yeah, is that they were gonna pin it all on Dr. Nikki, pin everything that happened. Um, I don't know they if could they were together. gonna try and pin Benji, because I don't know if Benji's body was even able to be recovered. No. After what Joe did to it. I don't think anyone even knows Benji's dead. No, really. nobody knows Benji's dead except... Besides Beck. Besides Beck. Um, so she's gonna pin Peach's death on Dr. Nikki. She was gonna say that basically Dr. Nikki became obsessed with her. Yes. And killed Peach. And then, like, they had a relationship together. And because of that, they were, like... He got crazy obsessed and, like... guess we should say it. Like, sh- this is not the part that she wrote. But... Uh, I think we can come back to that. I think we can, we can stretch it out just a minute longer. Um, but like he was going to, she was going to pin all of the shit on him and then she was going to, they were going to fuck off into the sunset. It was very smart. Yes. And he really bought into it. Yeah. So much so that he opened the the book chamber and like embraced her. And then she stabs him with, cause he looks over and he notices that four of the typewriter keys are missing and she stabs him and she tries to run up the stairs. Um, and he pulls her back down because he did, did She tries, okay, she tries to run up the stairs, and there's, uh, she opens, she gets the door unlocked, um, well, actually, she runs up the stairs, there, she's like, oh, I need a key, she runs back downstairs. And he's up out of the book chamber, and he, like, tries to... Yes. He tries she to gets, subdue yeah. her again. She hits him over the head with a mallet, the same yeah. mallet that he hit Benji with originally. And so she runs upstairs, she and grabs she the grabs the keys, and she, because there's this gate. And she can't get it unlocked. And then she hears Paco come in the store. And Paco, quick little reminder, Paco is like, Joe has looked out for him for a long time. And has has fed him when his mother and Ron were fighting. Has given him books like crazy. Paco is a very enthusiastic reader. Has taken him down. Helped to get his mom Helped sober. get his mom sober. Has taken, um... Be very big interest in his life. Is very has uh, taken was, him into the book chamber. Yes. Let him look at and touch first edition books. Taught him how to rebind books. And this was at also this point, post. he has killed Ron. Yeah. And the way that he killed Ron, um, he told Paco because his mom was in the hospital. He told Paco to go into his apartment and stay there. And Paco took a baseball bat out of his apartment and hit Ron over the head with it because Ron had put his mother in the hospital. Yeah. 
So Paco was, Ron, there is no doubt in my mind Paco was going to, Ron was going to fucking kill Paco. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Because he was so he was enraged. Drunk. And, and he, he was, was drunk. Mad. And so he's in this garden and um, uh, Joe kills him. And Stabs he kills him. him, first of all, because Paco's, or because uh, Ron's a piece of shit. And he, I'm sure he wanted to kill him forever. Secondly, he absolutely, there's no doubt in my mind that he killed him with the intention of protecting Paco. There's yeah. nothing else that he would have done that for. Yeah. Um, so at this point, Joe and Paco have a secret now. Pa- and not only that, but Joe told Paco everything he needed to do to make sure that nobody ever found Ron. So he would, Paco would never get in trouble. Yeah. That is the only time that he ever truly kind of gets shitty with Paco because he manipulates him and it's a very shitty thing. Yeah. Um, he manipulates him into thinking that he's like, you hit Ron. So if, yeah. if I'm found out, you are too. But... At this point, not only does he have the secret with Joe, he's incredibly loyal to him now. And that's what happens. Because as soon as she says, Joe has me down here, he just goes, Joe. And he realizes, he's like, I can't do this. Yep. Like, if Beck gets out, she's Joe's going to go to jail. Yeah. And he he owes everything that he has to Joe at this point. And he's, inc- he's a little kid. He's no more than 10 or 11 years old. Yeah. And he's incredibly loyal to him because at that point he could have gotten Beck out and he closes the door and chooses not yep. to. And he just runs out of the bookstore. Yep. And so right after that, Joe... Because you see her screaming for yeah. Paco to let her out or somebody to help her. And then... Joe comes up behind her. And grabs her and then it And the screen goes black. dark. Um, and that's when... Comes back up to, what is it? It's the bookstore. It's probably three months later. Three months later or something like that. Um, and there's pictures of Beck everywhere. And everyone is saying, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm You knew her. And to Ethan. To Ethan. Ethan quick, works in the bookstore little, with He Joe. works in the bookstore. He's my favorite character. He's, He's amazing. absolute teddy bear. Um, he I ends up dating and moving in with uh, Beck's, like, friend, I guess. Blythe is the worst. They're in the same, um class yeah so. and like once Blythe feels that Beck is on her level because she's very pretentious like now she's Beck's yeah. best friend but Blythe is uh terrible but they yeah. end up getting together they're very cute together I, Ethan's very happy so I, I can accept if anything it. happens to Ethan I'm gonna shit everywhere I'm just saying yeah I love him so basically you hear some people being like oh you knew her I'm so sorry Didn't and you she just work here kind of piece together that uh Joe fucking killed Beck Joe kills Beck at the end fucking killed her mm-hmm. um and then they show like Joe talks about it like um what he ends up doing is taking the manuscript that Beck wrote, changing it up a bit, rewriting it. Burying and- her body on Dr. Nikki's property. Mm-hmm. Um, taking the box to Dr. Nikki's property with all of the shit from everybody in it. Basically, I think besides the teeth, but like all the proof that any cop would ever fucking need to put Dr. Nikki away for these crimes. For doing this to Beck. And they fi- they, sh- they never show Beck's body. But there is no doubt in my mind that that her character is absolutely dead. I mean, they show they him carrying show, a thing. They, like a body. they sh- no, they show the cops looking under a tarp, and it's Beck's body under there. But they well, never, they, sh- they never show how she died. No, but they show him like dragging the body, and they show him like yeah, silhouetted putting it in the ground. I thought that that was wrong at first, but that is true because they because it I was Doctor Nikki's property. Yeah. But I thought it was a psych out at first. I was like, oh, it's just Ron's body. Like, there's no way he really killed Beck. And then they showed that scene and I'm like, oh my god, he killed Beck. Yeah. I yeah. truly did not think that that would happen. I, wa- I was not expecting her no. death, for sure. No. Um, I don't know what I was expecting, honestly, but I was not expecting her dying. And then she was just dead. Because I knew that the ending was a cliffhanger. I expected it to just be like, 
I don't know. Beck's and that's like De- Beck's death is not even the cliffhanger. Oh no, it is not. So <laughs> we're getting there. He kills. I really expected the cliffhanger to be like Beck in the like. I expected them to stretch out like the basement, the, the basement thing, or even just stretch out like Beck finding the the box. box. Yeah, and like the cliffhanger just being her in the like waking up at the book chamber, just like screaming and banging on the walls, and then they cut to black. Yeah. Um, that's not at all what happened. No. So he kills Beck. They, he talks a lot about, like, the past couple months and how hard it's been and how much he misses her and, like, all this other shit where he's like, I had to do what I had to do, basically. I, I will say, like, if I can just, like, kind of interject really quick, the last episode of the season, oh my god, I was, we were here, it was about uh, 12 o'clock in the morning. I was genuinely terrified of him. Mm-hmm. He, his face... And the way he would talk to her, he was so fucking unhinged. It was horrifying. Yeah. Like, I was like, ooh, I don't like that at all. His eyes were so wild he gets and, like... very crazy mm-hmm. towards the end. Um, it's very scary for sure. Like, the I was on the edge of my seat wondering what was going to happen the whole last mm-hmm. episode. I think the last episode was the best episode so of the, the whole season. season. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, at like, towards the end of the last episode, after, like, they show them like framing dr nikki and everything like that um it kind of mirrors the first episode it, exactly yeah it, it, it completely mirrors the first episode a young woman walks into the bookstore you hear the bell go off you hear the bell the go off opening. um joe is doing his bookstore person thing and he's like sweeping up or whatever he's doing and he sees her and he starts kind of like analyzing monologuing her, and yeah. analyzing her of like oh like you have your hood up, so you don't want to be noticed, but, but you're you, you're wearing a skirt, so like you do want some attention, and like all this and weird like, stuff. He says the exact same thing he says with Beck. He's yep. like, "Okay, I'll bite." Okay, I'll bite. And he follows her around the store a bit, and then she walks up, and she just slips her little hood off, and it's and she goes, "Hey, Hi, bunny. bunny," and let's just uh, bunny. The whole time you're seeing the flashbacks and hallucinations, uh, that's always been Candace's nickname for him because Candace is there and Joe just looks at her and goes Candace you're and she just like alive yeah we have some talking to do we have some unfinished business to attend to and it's like yeah so I I thought we went we went back and forth we really because you were like Candace is dead he killed her I was and then when he showed Beck the the Instagram I was like okay she's alive she just like ran away like Mm -hmm. she she legitimately ran away and maybe he didn't have anything to do with it um and i was like okay she's alive and then you see like the necklace that's in the box i was like oh because it was candace's necklace candace's pictures of her and both of us were like oh she's she's actually dead dead. she he he actually did kill her and then she fucking shows up and we're like oh my god she's alive and he didn't even know she was alive he didn't know he He absolutely tried to kill her so yeah that was kind of what we landed on was that like she went into hiding and that was one thing that, like, I had thought about. I'm like, wait, if she's been alive this whole time, why did she never reach out to find out where her brother was or how her brother? Hiding. And then it occurred to me, I'm like, with she Joe being as obsessive as dead. he is, she had to, she had to die for all intents yeah. and purposes. And, like. She knew that was the only way he was ever going to let her go. Yeah. She had to die. She had to and pretend to be dead. She had to, like. I think that, I don't know how she survived and how she was able to do it. Maybe he tried to poison her. That's the only thing I could think of. Or like he tried to maybe push her off something and she survived. That was the fall. Be- that was the beginning of his like murdering though. So maybe he just like didn't do it well enough. Maybe he did what he did with Peach and like hit her over the head. 
Um, but she wasn't actually dead. Yeah. Like, she got up from it or whatever. Um, I do think, like, oh, I had a thought. Oh, I think Candace probably, like, I have a theory about this. Because it's not confirmed or unconfirmed. But I truly think Candace only came out of hiding because she, like, probably kept tabs on him, honestly. And I think there's no way in the story, like, in the news thing, that they didn't talk about Joe. Because Joe was her boyfriend. Yeah. When when Beck died, because it was a huge news story. They probably interviewed him. They probably yeah. mentioned him. They probably showed footage of him at her funeral. Yeah. So I think when she saw this, she probably was like, there's no fucking way he didn't kill her. Yeah. And she came out of hiding because of it. That's just my theory. Yeah. I think it's pretty solid, but I think the only reason Candace has come out of hiding is because she's like, she's seen that he did it again, and he destroyed another young woman's life. Yeah. And killed her. And I think Candace, like, honestly, I think she's probably going to be a really strong, like, character, and I know she's going to be a huge part of season two, and I think she's, like, just ready to be his fucking downfall. I think she's ready. She's like, I'm going to fuck all your shit up. You're she's strong. Fu- you're going to fucking jail, Greg. She's very strong. She was the only one that ever really, like, was able to confront Joe, mm-hmm. like, about his shit while they were together. Yeah. She was just like, mm, you're being, uh, shitty. But the next season supposedly takes place in California. And the thing there is. Which is where Paco and his mother moved. Because Paco and his mom, when Ron disappears, um, they moved to Los Angeles. Um, if he doesn't leave that boy alone... I swear to God. I wanted him to leave Paco alone, but I don't I don't think he's going to. No. I also found out that Paco was not in the book. That is a character that Netflix added. Mm-hmm. That he'd never existed in the books. Yeah. So I Netflix added him for a reason. They wanted him to be probably the continuation of the show. They wanted well, him to be the reason why the show can keep going. That's what they did in 13 Reasons Why. Because, yeah. like... Sky Miller was not a huge part of the book. Yeah. Like, she was a huge part of the ending of 13 Reasons Why in the book. Because, like, I don't know. You've read the book, right? In the end of the book, he, like, because he, like, goes through the whole thing with Hannah and he listens to all the tapes and he, like, realizes, like, I have my own thoughts on 13 Reasons Why. We're not going to get into that right now. But he realizes, like, oh, if just one person had, like, done something, maybe she would still be here. And he knows that Sky like, cuts herself. And he reaches out to her and, like, tries to befriend Like, it does befriend her. Well, in the first season, she plays a much bigger role. And he does the same kind of thing where he just, like, they just ride off. They just fuck off into the sunset with Tony in his car. Like, and in the second season, she's a huge part. She's, like, there wouldn't have been a second season without that story type. Because he ends up, like, they end up dating yeah. in the second season. And, like, it's... It's convoluted and it's whatever, but, like, it's it's the same thing with Paco. Like, they had to add something in to kind of stretch it out. Yeah. Which I do personally, like, I haven't read the book, but I like the Paco storyline. Oh, yeah, no, I think it's great. I don't I think it felt leave. forced or anything like that. No, but like, at all. It was, it's very good. I think the show is very good. Yeah. I think that it's, it has a lot of layers. I think you could probably spend... We could probably spend another few hours going into yeah every little like detail detail because it, there's a lot to it. But um, I think that's gonna do us because yeah, it's been over an hour. Yeah, it's a it's a long one. It's a long episode, guys. It is. Um, definitely check it out if uh, the contents. It's not particularly gory. Um, 
Benji's, it could be very triggering. Yeah, I was gonna say it is. It can be very triggering. Uh, Benji's body specifically is. I watch a lot of Criminal Minds, and they show some and Bones, and they show some pretty fucked up corpses on there. Um, so it's something I could definitely handle. Yeah. Uh, that's it, the only time it gets really gory. Though. It can make. Like, it could make someone who's not used to something like that very uncomfortable. Yeah. It's it's a very it's a very harsh scene. Um. Um, it, it can be incredibly triggering. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Just so there is that to bear in take mind. Take care of yourselves. If you think that you would not be able to handle it, like don't don't, don't watch it. Yeah. It, it's from beginning to end. It is one hundred percent about abusive boyfriends. Yeah. And obsessive boyfriends and stalker boyfriends and shit like that. Like if you've been in that kind of relationship, you're probably gonna know it pretty well. I knew it pretty well. I was like, oh, shit. I had somebody that, like, treated me like that. Um, but it's... I think it's worth a watch. It's not the best thing Netflix has ever made, but I think it's pretty pretty yeah. damn good. It's... it's. Penn Badgley's awesome. He's like, so good. Like, Joe it. is a horrifying monster, but Penn Badgley fucking nails it. He's such a good actor. Yeah. He's so good. Um, and he's aware that Joe is shitty. Yeah. But it's meant to be conflicting, so, like, don't feel bad if you watch it and you're like, oh, but I kind of like Joe. They wrote his character to be conflicting, and Penn Badgley played that incredibly well. well. He's so Because I went in wanting to hate him, and I kept telling Erica, I was like, I fucking hate him. And as the episodes went on, I was, I found myself rooting for him, and I was like, (laughs) fuck. Yeah. Fuck. And, like... The actress that plays Beck is also very good. She's really good. I don't know her name, but she's very good. Shay Mitchell plays Peach, and Shay Mitchell is my angel. She's amazing. She's good. She's really good. Um, Peach, Peach's character is really good. Yeah. Um, a lot of good acting. A lot of good. Uh, the dialogue is awesome. The the everything's really good about it. it I like it, it a lot. It slips in a lot of like it's it's it succeeds. I'm gonna say this is gonna sound controversial, and everyone's gonna be mad at me. It succeeds in dialogue where Riverdale fails. Um, because it takes, like, lingo and conversations from today's, like, relevant topics and inserts them, but it doesn't feel forced. It feels very, like, fluid and casual, like it belongs. There's a very underlying current in it about social media. Yes. About millennial use of social media, about what that means. It, and, like, it, everything like that. It it's very interesting. Pokes fun at millennials in all the right ways, yeah. I feel like. Because it doesn't it doesn't do what a lot of shows do. Because a lot of shows are written by terrible baby boomers. And it's like, oh, millennials are so stupid. And they like their avocado toast. It definitely has its avocado toast jokes. It straight up does. But they're done very intelligently. Yeah. And then he just talks about social media in a very intelligent yeah. way. It's Where- all based around interaction and social interaction and... And what that looks like, um, it's very cool. Whereas I feel like a show like, the only example I have is Riverdale. I like Riverdale. I know that a lot of people don't. I like it because it's stupid and dumb and I like it. No, and I get that. I I just feel like the biggest problem for me with that show has always been the dialogue. Yeah. Specifically Veronica's character because they have all these, the problem I have with her character and the way she's written, because I like that actress a lot, they insert buzzwords where they are not necessary. Yeah, that's really And funny. it's very forced and it's very clunky and like it it it's like a lot of exposition. Yeah. And it's just like Peach says the same kind of stuff, but it just feels right coming Because from it Peach. makes sense in the moment. Yeah. But it's just like the way that the dialogue is written in you is 
it, it, it flows much better and it, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, that's how people in New York would talk. Like, yeah. that is how 20, 30-somethings in New York would talk. It's also talk. because a lot of the show is monologues. Like, not mm-hmm. just, like, Joe's, but Beck has an episode where it's just her, not like, just talking. Her. She, like, Joe gets the occasional monologue, but it's really all from Beck's point of view at that point. In that one episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's very, like, it's very monologue It's very much about words and social media and, and shit like that. It's really cool. Like, I, I could talk about the social media aspect of that show forever. Yeah. Because it's very interesting, but... Um, yeah, it's just very like the the dialogue's good, the acting's good. It, it I mean, top to bottom, it's just well done. Yeah, like, the whole thing. I don't think there was ever. I mean, besides the, yeah, it's problematic what Joe does. Besides that, like the whole show is very unproblematic. Like, yeah, they do it very well. Yeah, I didn't really have a problem with like anything they did. Yeah, and that's one of the things that like I noticed about it is there's not a lot of people who like are angry with it which is i i hate that i'm saying this it's a very rare thing these days because they're like bird box didn't necessarily have like controversy because it was problematic 13 reasons why of course did and or like the new ted bundy document or not documentary uh movie with zach efron oh that one's getting a lot of heat um yeah it's it, we can talk about that at a later date because i have lots of i want to see it i do too before i talk but about the, it the trailer's getting a lot of heat you didn't get that kind of thing. In fact, a lot of people kind of applauded. It's kind of like realistic depiction of like bad relationships, bad relationships, and like how easy it is. And like, they refuse to romanticize Joe. No, Penn yeah. Badgley himself refuses people that yeah. are romanticizing Joe. Like he he understands that the show is meant to be conflicting, but he also is very like, hey, don't fucking do that. Like, don't he's talk not, about Joe in this like guy. he. He refuses Somebody to- on Twitter was like, choke me, please. And he was like, no, thanks. He refuses to feed into it. Yeah. But, um. Which I'm very, I appreciate that a lot. Yes. Um, it's very it easy. shitty if you fed it. It is very easy for attractive male characters, as even if they're problematic, to be romanticized. It's very easy for attractive males in general if they're problematic. There's a whole fucking community of people who romanticize mass shooters and fucking serial killers. Yeah. So, for them to- not uh, like for him specifically and for like the cast and crew and everyone who's involved in that show to be like nah we're not that's not our intention and we don't want that is cool it's awesome honestly like they could have done they could have fucked up so bad Mm -hmm. with that show and they fucked up so bad with other shows and this one was the one where i was like please please don't fuck up because i know what this is about please don't fuck this up a a big thing that i think it kind of opened a lot of people's eyes to that i don't think it's we've tried like people have tried time and time again to bring this up is that like if you're not careful with your social media because he finds her address on her facebook if you're not careful people can find out anything they want about you like it's it's really really scary when you put it in perspective like it made me rethink a lot of like my social media settings Because, like, I I had my phone number public, and I didn't really realize that until I watched it. I was like, "Mm, delete that. And I think, um, I think what made me so, like, that made me want to actually watch all of it was, uh, Millie Bobby Brown came out. She's, like, 14 years old, and she straight up defended Joe and said that he's not creepy and that he just loves her a lot and, like, all this other stuff. And I was like... Someone needs to teach that 14-year-old what that means because uh, that's not okay for her to think like that. And And it is in no way her fault. It is our society's view of men that do that. 
because it is seen like in most cases until it ends up being a murder situation of, oh, he just loves her a lot. And I'm like, no, no, that's not what that's about. I think my parting words with this is like a lot of men will like self-identify like they think being like Deadpool or being Rick Sanchez is a personality trait. I'm going to get real close to the mic. This is going to be an ASMR moment. If you ever find a man who self-identifies as and or relates to Joe Goldberg of you, fucking leave. Run as far and as fast as you can because that man is a fucking idiot and also probably a psychopath. Yeah. Finn. Yeah, it, yeah, basically. Like, because don't... I, I would, I would never trust a man straight up. My husband is incredibly like DJ. We make jokes all the time. I always tell him, I'm like, I'm either gonna die your wife or your widow. Um. Even DJ was like, listen, I know I say this a lot and I joke about it. In the situation like this show, I would never do those things. I would never kill for you in that context. I'd kill to protect you. I wouldn't kill to push people out of the way. Because there is a big difference. Yeah. And, like, if a man ever, like, tells you, Oh, no, yeah, I'd I'd definitely do all that for my girl. Like, I would, I would kill, like, run. Run Run immediately. Any of those, um warning signs Mm -hmm. that they show in the show like uh if they start you know looking at your cell phone if they start you know being really obsessive about like who are you talking to like what the fuck's going on like that kind of thing Mm -hmm. don't fucking put up with it Mm -hmm. because it's bad it's bad news it you can you can fucking try to like rationalize it as much as you want but it's bad news yeah and if if a woman does it to you yep same thing it doesn't matter it doesn't matter anything about that. If another person starts to exhibit those warning signs, get out. You And I know... Wanting to invade your personal privacy is not love. It's not Sorry. love. It is not some quirky, cute, like, romantic... Oh, thing. no. And they and always I, think it's cute and quirky in women, and I'm like, no, it's abusive. It's abusive. Um, And I, like... I completely lost my train of thought. I had something to say, and I completely lost it. Never it's mind. Gone. It's gone. She um, sailed. It's getting late. We're tired. Your makeup looks sick. It's amazing. I yeah. have to charge my phone to take a picture of it, though. Uh, so I think we're gonna we're gonna end here. Ads will be after this because we didn't take a break because we were just too in the zone. We were in the zone. We we're in the zone. Uh, yeah. So watch it. I think you should watch you. I think you should do it. Um, yes. That's my personal recommendation. Uh, you can find me, your lovely Erica, your lovely slime queen, slime king. On Facebook as Erica Galloway, on Twitter as Erica underscore Galloway, on Tumblr as it's kind of a funny story, excuse me, on Instagram as Road of the Dead, I think that's it. Uh, you can find me um, on Instagram and Twitter at Hero Turned Human, you can find me on Tumblr at Heartset West, and you can find me in your local coffee shop um, insisting that I see Erica and asking what the fuck do you mean she doesn't work here. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Um, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, had a good time. It's been, it's been, it's been, it's been a time. Good. It's been, it's been good. Okay, so, uh, what do we always say? Get, Get weird. weird. <laughs>